This is Brooke Baldwin, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shawbell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shawbell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is former CNN anchor and author, Brooke Baldwin. Brooke is a veteran journalist and Peabody Award finalist who covered both the Obama and Trump administrations and reported on global news stories. She created and hosted CNN's digital series, American Woman, which promoted trailblazing women in politics and culture. This year, she left CNN to focus on her new book, Huddle, which encourages women to lean on one another, which we discuss in this podcast episode. Welcome to Five Questions, Brooke. So good to be here. Who in your life is most responsible for making you the woman you are today and why? My mom. My mom is my OG huddler. She is a woman. She was one of five sisters, daughter of a Presbyterian minister, moved all around the South as a girl and into young womanhood who really wasn't encouraged to have a voice. As a result, I think she has invested in me emotionally as her daughter to do the exact opposite. As I've gotten older and certainly use my voice, my mom has as well. It's just been awesome to watch that process, that journey. It just seems like everything has come full circle and your success has probably inspired her and and how she raised you and everything she instilled in you that inspired you in your career. So it's really beautiful to see how all of that was connected. Growing up in the South, you had many different struggles, especially trying to make it in a male-dominated industry. Yeah. How did you overcome those struggles? I was a gal who grew up with oodles of confidence thanks to my mom and just loving hanging out with other girls. You know, I did all the things little girls do at that time. Ballet, tap and jazz, gymnastics, soccer, swimming, art, fill in the blank, like singing, you know, in a choir that I had no business singing in. But I was just like, let's go. I was a confident girl. And then diving into this male-dominated profession that is TV news was a bit of a record scratch moment for me and not maybe in the way that you would initially think. I had a whole, as we say in the South, come to Jesus very early on when I was 21 and just like weeks into my first job in Charlottesville where this woman who was maybe six months my senior stole a beat right out from under me. I was given this huge beat because I'd really proved myself in the first couple of weeks and it was yanked from me by my boss. And I came to discover that she was jealous, felt she deserved it and went behind my back. And I was like, wait a second second this is how this works. Like I have to have sharp elbows and I have always subscribed to abundance mentality and to not having sharp elbows. But that was my first like wake up call. While it is getting better, it is still full of men. We've come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. And I think that what you're doing with your concept of huddling is so important because as you mentioned, another woman kind of brought you down because of jealousy. And I think that while in the moment you're like, oh my God, you just stole this from me. Like this is something I worked hard for. It is also a lesson learned. And in hindsight, you learn so much. In this concept of huddling, you're trying to get women to support each other because you know that that's how women and and just society rises up. Can you give an example of when you huddled with one or more women in your career and how that helped everyone involved? I would say one example. This was just in the last couple of years. So I'm here at CNN. I have a show that I host each and every afternoon. And it happened to coincide with this week here at uh, Warren Media, our parent company, where would they call it? Make you matter week. They pull various producers or anchors and and they host breakfasts around us. And so I was actually interviewed this one particular morning while a huge hurricane of the hurricane season was a brewing 
off the Carolina coastline. I'm sitting in front of mostly women knowing deep down that I was not going to be anchoring my show that afternoon because I would be taken off the air for our three primetime anchors to be there on the ground covering this hurricane. Our primetime anchors all happened to be men. I was biting my tongue because I was hurt that I would not be covering this hurricane on my own show that afternoon. I huddled with the woman, Allison Camerata, who's our morning show anchor. And she goes, you need to go into the boss's office and you need to ask him why it's the dudes and tell him that come the next hurricane, you want to be on the first flight out. I took her advice. I went across the newsroom and banged on my boss's office door. And I said, why did you send the boys? And we had a whole exchange. And I said, well, listen, I really wish I was there and come the next hurricane, would you please consider sending me? And he's like, yes, of course. Weeks later, the next hurricane comes. It ends up being the biggest of the season. And I end up having uh, one of the biggest moments of my career where I end up finagling a helicopter after the hurricane hit and getting into Mexico Beach, which was ground zero before the FAA shut the airspace and had the first in the world perspective of what this hurricane and the destruction looked like. I had a woman in Atlanta helping me procure the money for said hurricane. I had another woman huddling with me to make sure we could get live the second I hit hit air. Through that huddle, I was able to be the very best I could be that day in a very difficult situation and ultimately get nominated for a Peabody. It does make me reflect, though, on the fact that women are less likely to ask for things in the workplace, especially raises. And you don't want to complain. But right now we're in a she session with millions of women who have dropped out of the workforce in the past year due to COVID, but especially due to women having to handle more of the childcare responsibilities yeah. within a household. What can we do to help women recover from these economic setbacks? The thing with women is we're amazing jugglers to a fault. We try to do it all and make it look easy and not show the cracks. And unfortunately, with this she session, you know, it's impossible not to see the cracks. But I just think if women allow themselves to know they cannot be all things to all people right now and lean on one another, huddle with other women and ask for that help and show up vulnerably, I think that that will be a huge step out of this. Women have taken on so many responsibilities. You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a teacher in many cases, like helping your kids uh, with school and the all the chores around the house. So it's so much effort compared to men. And so I think men are, are going to be part of the solution to help. Yes. Women. A lot of women pre-COVID would drop out and not even make the middle management because of raising children. But the good thing, and you know this, <laughs> is more and more women are reaching the pinnacle of corporations and institutions, a lot more CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. But we're still, it's still just the beginning. Yeah. And what's your best piece of career advice? To fight for other women at the table. You know, there's this word intersectionalism or intersectionality. And I've really learned this in talking to trailblazing women for my book, Huddle. We don't succeed. And I say we sitting with you as a white woman, fully checking my privilege sitting here with you today. But like, we don't succeed if only white women succeed. If only white women are in those, you know, C-suites or the white women are sitting at the table. You know, I think the most obvious example in history is women's suffrage. And a hundred years ago, you know, women and white women and black women were fighting side by side for the right to vote. When push came to shove, black women were abandoned and it took black women 50 more years in order to win that right. And, you know, you look through the civil rights movements and you look through feminist movements at the sixties and seventies, we're getting there. Fannie Lou Hamer, the famous civil rights activist, 
activist. She said, nobody's free until everybody's free. And that's something that's been this reckoning, I think, for white women. So to any woman, and especially when I announced I was leaving at CNN and I was getting all these texts from other, you know, really huge up and coming women here at CNN, I was like, make sure you remember to open the door behind you and to make sure when you open that door behind you, you are opening the door to women who don't necessarily look like you or believe the same things you do, but keep that door wide open. I love that, especially because we have inherent biases. Totally. Recruiting, hiring, who we associate with. We have our own little bubbles and boxes that we're in. And I think a lot of society's issues come from that. And so push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Brooke. To follow her journey, you can read Huddle and find her on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, where she shares live appearances, pictures with family and friends, food, and self-care routines. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan Shawbell. And please remember to rate and review the Five Questions podcast on iTunes. 